is the Indian Players Podcast, Episode 2, sometime in 2015. Today's topic is winning and board games. folks who are listening to this. Uh, this is Jeanette Bushnell, PhD from the University of Washington, and we are going to be talking today a little bit about uh, games, uh, video games, board games, and what have you. And uh, there's some people here with me that are going to talk, and you will hear from them shortly. But I have a question for them and for you to think about as we talk about this. The question came up when I was listening to a podcast by Dr. Elizabeth Lepensi this morning, and she was talking about a game that she had developed with a native community in northwestern Washington state that had to do with food and medicine uh, locally. And in this game, as she's talking about it, it's a board game, she said that the basic values, the basic parts of the game were collaboration, generosity, stewardship and gratitude. Uh, she continued on to talk about, you know, the specifics of the game, tokens and sharing and trading things. And then she came up with how you got to be the winner of the game. And when she said the winner of the game, it immediately got me thinking about how does this concept of a single winner reconcile with indigenous values of cooperation, of valuing everybody, um, competition. I mean, is this a totally disparate notion with an indigenous philosophy? What do you think? Oh, this is, uh, my name's Gabe de Los Angeles, and uh, I don't think that that the, that's a, an entirely separate notion. It's not like it's not like gambling hasn't ever been a thing. I mean, between stick games, bone games, uh, uh, shoot, what is what is, what is that? The practice of lacrosse? No, oh. well, lacrosse, yes, also very competitive, but being able to uh, counting coup. Oh right. Um, you know, being able to uh, strike an opponent without without doing such damage, but like almost like tag like. It's still still trying to create uh, a sense of one-upsmanship. On, on others isn't 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 wholly unreal, but it isn't unrecognizable within within concepts of, of any forms of indigenous cultures. Um, but you know, we we certainly do talk about a pan indigenous notion of of cooperation. But it, do is it is that something that is countermanding the idea that we can have winners within indigenous games? Well, this is Jonathan Tommy, also a PhD from the University of Washington. And I, I think you, you bring up something really interesting there about this whole notion of, you know, winning and one-upsmanship, because 
I often kind of like go back and forth thinking about these things and, and wondering how much of what we are considering to be indigenous values have actually been imposed upon us from outside sources or romanticisms. Uh, many of the people who will be listening to this are too young to remember the crying Indian campaign, you know, for environmentalism back, you know, in the 70s, you know, with... Uh, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name right Iron now. Ironize Cody. Cody, yes. Yeah. The Iron, Italian. The Italian. <laughs> that yeah, the Italian. that when when you know when you take a look at when you take a look at this, you know Charles Mann talks about it in 1491, and other people also have that 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 notion of the environmental Indian was actually developed by eco, ecologists and so on and so forth to try to create this connection connection to the land, and so you know we're always portrayed as being you know one with the land. We we live with the land, we do this, we don't waste resources. Well, that's just a good economy. I mean, you can go to a, a meatpacking factory and you'll see how much of the cow that they will use. Hmm. I mean, that's because it's, it's just good business, right? And, and that, you know, we have ample evidence, for example, that we've actively manipulated the land. You know, that we have, there's, there's, you know, archaeological, you know, uh, geographical, geological evidence that as people we've always done this, and we can even look at historical, you know, narratives of you know when the pilgrims came over and plague swept through, and they were blessing God for getting rid of the heathen, but this land that was supposed to be wild and untamed was actually cleared. Mm-hmm. You know, is already susceptible, good for ha- human habitation. So the thing is, when I when I listen to this, I'm always wondering, is this really us? You know, because or is this something that has been imagined about us that somehow we have wrapped ourselves around with because we need to have something that in many ways makes us different than those who have come to colonize us because maybe if we're a lot similar that may make us feel a little bit more uncomfortable and maybe at some level make us really question even our claims about being sovereign land management in in a in a very particular sense uh uh, certainly certainly can speak to what what would be the differences between how what Western farming techniques versus indigenous forms of land management? Um, what is that? What is that really? What is it? What is that really trying to say? I mean, it, it, in in terms of, I guess, uh, how are how are we trying to portray ourselves, and how are others trying to portray us? Is really the the biggest question overall. And and when it comes down to it, do we vibe so badly with uh, the notion of a game having a single winner, to take it back to the, the, the question. Um, not all activities uh, in, in, in indigenous cultures and practices are, are ones where we're just singly trying to um, cooperate with each other, right? There, 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 there has been uh, plenty of stories and plenty of history where we actually have somebody on top or somebody somebody leads from somewhere even if it's a group of people who are somebody's well i think we need to clarify that leadership is not waning Mm -hmm. so yes one would have a leader but that doesn't the leader is not the winner Um, and in fact any group that had any intelligence whatsoever nobody wanted to be the leader that's that that's a really really fair way to put it too (laughs) so uh, the notion of this notion of, of competition then what what is what is competition to have a, a winner is the, is this uh, is this an issue? Um, so my name is Tyler Fraser. I'm a UW alum and future grad student. <laughs> uh, and I think I think what that kind of comes down to, or at least as I, I think about it, is 
defining what it means to be the winner because when you think about maybe her game being the winner of uh, you know someone who either gathered the most medicine or collected the most meat for the village being the winner means that you like and how you define the winner you know in that sense would be meaning that you're you're not the best and being rewarded for being the best but you're being rewarded for providing the most for your community and so by defining a single winner in that fashion you remove the um, I, I guess it would be more westernized idea of a winner where oh I hunted the most you know deer and so instead of looking at it as I provided food for my whole family and community it's now I've accumulated more wealth than everyone else, therefore I am the winner. And so those, those two ideas of the winner, one providing for their community, the other collecting for themselves, you know, you could say, yes, they are both winners, but the value placed on that winner then changes the dynamic of their uh, reason for what they were doing. And so if you look at it that way and you go with the, the first definition of winning by providing the most for everyone, I think it, it's not so problematic when you think about an indigenous perspective in gaming and, you know, games that have a single winner. Hmm. So, the, the, I think there's some semantics going on here, um, because being uh, the one who provides the most for um, the community, um, especially in Northwest Coastal people, the potlatching societies, um, if you provide more, then often you would become the leader. Um, and I, I still am stuck with that as being a winner. Mm. Um, because then how is a person who maybe doesn't provide the most resources, but is the best canoe carver in the whole area, how is that person recognized? Um, and so maybe I'm getting stuck at this idea of winner as opposed to somehow there being a way to value. So if you have four players, rather than having one winner, could each one move into a certain pathway and, and become adept in that pathway, and then the game somehow ends where everybody has mutually become adept so that you can have a successful society, because you have somebody who can you know, gather the food, somebody who can cook the food, somebody who can heal people, sort of thing. Well, it's not like uh, in games these days, There, certainly there is a, I guess it would be a really interesting study just to, to really pick apart how many games really portray one a single winner versus cooperative, but we can certainly um, examine uh, the fact that there are cooperative games out there. I mean, like, um, uh, between Pandemic, mm -hmm. uh, well, even in an MMORPG, if you have a whole raid group that, mm -hmm. that you know, successfully completes an encounter. Oh, uh, shoot. Small Castles, I believe, is also a uh, kind of tower defense group. Everybody defends this castle ter ter territory from, from incoming hordes. Uh, it's, it's everybody, uh, zombies. Yeah, there's Dead Panic, mm -hmm. there's Last Night on Earth. Um, XCOM mm -hmm. is actually one... But but generally, it's not a true co those are like 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 Last on Earth are not really a true zombie cooperative game because there has to be a, there has to be a zombie controller. But mm -hmm. XCOM actually there's an app that actually controls the alien invasion, and depending upon what difficulty level you have, it's how long you have to complete your your part of your mission. If you don't, then that doesn't happen and bad things occur because like if you don't get funds allocated, then you can't buy this or do that research and stuff like that. 
So it, you know, it's it's more like a player versus environment. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. a P, P, you know, POV or POE. I mean, you know, or PVE. That's right. Yeah. PVE. Mm-hmm. PVE. Yeah. So. It, and, and and it's but it's not like and it's not like there's there's other games that don't show various forms of non-competition in in relation to to, to games. I mean, we we had just gathered uh, a few days ago to play uh, Takedo, mm-hmm. and that the, the the notion of playing a game where your singular singular objective is to have the most experiences on a road, none of which are like if I buy all of the fans, clearly I'm going to be the winner because I have all of the fans in Japan. That's that, that wasn't something that you know you could accomplish, nor was it useful, nor was like hoarding money was something that that ended up being useful for some players. Uh, so. It, one winner I, I, and even still those 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 yeah yes thank you john you did win you managed <laughs> to win in a game where there were no winners and because there was some form of scoring at the end so i i guess even even in these games there's still some level of mechanic that still declares a single winner even if it espouses um a not formal level of competition as as it's not monopoly right it's not risk well, it depends on how you play Monopoly. You should play Monopoly with my niece, where the goal is to have everybody on the board have their own rainbow. But kids, kids have a really fantastic way of manipulating rules of a game that, like... She's 24. Oh. Kids have a very fantastic <laughs> way. Actually, you know, because it's, it's, it's neat, because there's a, a, there's a bit of a, uh, research out there on... Like the different kinds of, uh, of 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 gameplay that that go into it. Uh, there's a there's the, the the Bartle test for psychology for the four different kinds of gamers that exist out there, or at least that's what somebody's uh, uh, categorized them out to: uh, social, achiever, exploratory, and oh dang it, killer, whatever that. I, I haven't gone. Uh, Whole, uh, wholeheartedly into 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 the notions of research, but we are we, um, but the the very notion of like, just playing the game because you want to hang out with your friends, playing the game because you want to explore every aspect of a game that there is, you know, be completionist about it, playing it playing a game because you want to see what the entirety of the map has to 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 show out for you, being a settler colonial explorer, you know, what the, those kinds of those kinds of drives that are that have been dictated by this little piece of research that says, you know, here are the four types of players. Um, somebody who's out the oh yeah, and killer is somebody who's out to destroy other players, the power gamer kind of kind of uh, deal i don't think that this is the only way to describe players i think that this is a limited scope of describing the kinds of players but it does get towards the idea of um that we don't always just play a game to just win we don't always play a game and we don't always play a game in the way that the game was intended to which is the the fantastic notion of everybody gets a rainbow that research sounds classically circular so it sounds like um it's just reproducing, you know, various roles that people play in, in this society. So it would be interesting to put a video game in a Shiranawa community or something like that. Right. See what kind of gamers they came up with. It is really box-driven. Box so what, what I just, that made me think of, you know, you bringing that up is like, we kind of started out talking about board games. And so the whole deal with a board game is a board game has to end. 
Whereas mm-hmm. video games, like uh, your your four descriptions of players reminded me of H1Z1, which is, you know, almost a carbon copy of several open world PvP VE zombie apocalypse games where, you know, you're dropped off and then you have to survive for yourself. And, you know, I mean, those four descriptions fit everyone that I've encountered. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy who runs up to me, shoots me in the face with a bow because he wants to see what loot I have and then better his own. Mm-hmm. You know, the guys who are like, hey, do you have any wood so that I can help build this thing for me and my friends over here? You know, and then the guy who just runs around because he wants to see everything and, you know, and... Uh, or, the and gir- then, or the girl. Yeah, that's very true. Actually, one cool thing about the game is the community, and I know I'm going off track, the community was like, we need to be able to play as girls too because there was a lot of girls posting on the forum and so in the most recent update, that was the big thing they pushed for was to make a female character model. That's awesome. You know, but I mean... What year is this? Hmm? Well, <laughs> well, the, the game, actually, the game is in, a, it's in early access alpha. And so, but... So they haven't designed everything. Yeah. But but it had to come up. Yes. That women had to ask, come on. Well, there was... Well, but it was, I think the, the point I was trying to draw from that I'm more sorry. is that it was received well by the developers. They're like, you know what? That is on our list. But because so many of you are saying, we want this now... We'll, we'll bump it up to the top. And that's kind of how they tackled it. But, uh, and so kind of what I was trying to go with that is that in video games, because there isn't always a feasible end, mm-hmm. like there is with a board game, sometimes, you know, player creativity uh, changes the win conditions for the individual. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yes, you can complete a story, but, you know, with video games, the largest selling point is what is the replay value? Do you just go through the story again? Or is it more open world where there is no exact story and you have to kind of create your own winning conditions so that when you're done playing, you feel good about playing mm-hmm. and you kind of leave feeling like a winner. And so that's kind of how you develop your own win conditions. And then that made me think of the four types of players because mm-hmm. those four things clearly define each player's win condition. Mm-hmm. You know, the killer, he wants, well, he wants to be a jerk. He wants to go around and kill people, but that's what makes him feel like he's winning the game. Well, he's the power gamer. He wants yeah. to have all the best stuff and yeah. all the purple you know, colored yeah. items and yada yada. Exactly. And then you have, you know, the explorer who, you know, I mean, like Lotro, uh, Lord of the Rings Online, uh, through in a series of achievements that actually have in-game benefits for finding all these locations in their world. Mm. You know, and you know, and then you have you can see little things in games that get added later or developed. You know, to add multiple win conditions really that that is something that's uh, interesting because that you know when it really comes down to making achievements they don't really do anything for you mm-hmm. there's nothing that they, it adds to you for if you know just because you collected all of the skulls in halo doesn't mean that you're actually getting anything cool you just collected them yeah. it means that if there's a list and the the parameter for the list is who has the most skulls your name will be on the top yes yeah, it's that, that geeky clout. Yeah. You know, whenever you're arguing about any game, someone's like, oh, well, the best way to do this, and then you just throw that card, well, I have all the skulls in Halo, and then they're like, oh, well, I guess I should shut up because you have all the skulls and I don't. <laughs> 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 to which I say, sorry, I have a life. <laughs> well, I'm denying it. That's not true. I don't have a life. <laughs> I don't like to pretend I do. I just said I'm not very good at these games. Mm-hmm. So, so... Achievements and winners, then, like, the, or or just in in any in any in any case, either either one of these four different rules that Bartle talks about, or just any other forms of alternate win conditions that we can come up with, 
the whole the whole notion of of playing to the, a personal level of enjoyment comes down to how does it make us feel as a winner right so we're we're in the in the grand design of of a of a game design how do you create a game that um involves a cooperative notion of winning that isn't necessarily one that is pve where 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 do where do we go from there what 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 would a game that look uh, like that even look like exactly exactly and this is what why i asked the question is because this notion of winning is so it's like being racist if you're born in the u.s mm. we're, we're all so racist that we're racist without thinking about it as a, and so this notion of well there's a winner is just so well duh that we don't think about it but what if we really push 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 against a notion of win what would it look like well I don't well, know. I think well, we should think about it, though. Well, if we go back to, to the game in question we're talking about, you know, oh, the, the, yeah, the board game, even though, and, and maybe they had to put in a winner because that's a psychological thing that, that we've, been, we've been acculturated to, that we've assimilated, <laughs> that you need to have a winner, right? You know, that there always has to be a winner somewhere. And that might be just the cost of doing business in this, in this context. But when we look at that game, you know, unfortunately, none of us have had a chance to play it. But I think we've seen and played games that are somewhat similar, you know, to this to that notion is that the winning actually in the community's community's eyes, I think, is actually we're we're bringing in our children to learn about our people in a way that doesn't seem, oh, that's boring or whatever. This is a game. It's, there's a level of abstraction, but still teaches the core values. And the reason why I bring this up, because it, it reminded me of a conversation I had, and like, unfortunately, I'm blanking on her name right now, but when I was at the University of North Texas, she had just retired, and her field work, you know, she was an anthropologist, was with the Mayan people. And they were trying to deal with, with a reality that, you know, that many of their young people were leaving to go into the moneyed economy. And so they go, how can we deal with this? And they finally came up with a, with a solution is that they developed kind of an amusement parky type thing that was like a little microcosm so they could bring tourists in. And of course, that would bring in money. They bring in tourists, but it's but it's compartmentalized. You know, again, you know, sandboxed or whatever mm -hmm. to where they could keep them away from everything that they didn't want the outside of the sea Oof. but into an area to where they can make money and that the knowledge would be seen not just as culturally but economically relevant for them you know and i mean this could be like you know what what the thing is it's like is like as they point out the book contains plant knowledge but they purposely are keeping that out of the hands of outsiders mm. they're purposely making it ambiguous because they want to make sure that what is very important to them stays there you know, and this even draws back when we think about buying Deloria talking about now we're in a cultural war. You know, they've taken so many, they've taken everything else. Now they want the culture and they want, they want all the knowledge and they, you know, is, well, they, right. the outsider, you know, not them, not us or what it is, whoever the us is. Well, we could certainly talk for another hour on that particular point that you just made, but uh, do we want to wrap up this idea of winners and move on to something else? Here we go. Where can we say that? We say we can say that we we want to envision an, an idea of what does a, a game like that even look like. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, 
what that makes me think of is, you know, when you change the, the idea of winning, right? And that's, that's heavily tied to losing. Exactly. Right. So I guess kind of the way to go is, would you make a game that, you know, very much like a Takedo, mm-hmm. where you play for the experience, not for Jones' victory at the end? You know? <laughs> uh, cause I, cause I remember, you know, when we played that, yeah, John won, but I still had fun playing, yeah, yeah. you know, and at the end I wasn't myself too concerned about the points. I was just like, that was kind of cool going through and just doing all yeah. those little things, you know? Well, you can rest assured that I actually lost if winning was based <laughs> yeah, on points. Yeah. I had the fewest points by far. Well, somebody act- actively went out of their way to lock you out of those markets every single time. <laughs> that wasn't an active thing. It just, <laughs> I recognize it at the end. All right. Yeah. My character, she was an orphan, and, she, and, and her only way. And, and the only special power she had was that she got to pick random food at free food is free, is, fu- free that's food a special power which which is great and you picked a character who you didn't recognize what their special power was that's until true. too late that's so true. that's not on me that's on the player thank you for listening